0: song isn't it
1: yeah it's a great way to start take a seat
0: take a seat good morning everyone it's good to see you all oh we have a few more people that's slowly coming in
1: well they got distracted by the donuts
0: well yeah donut man's here
1: oh hey can i say something real quick you guys were i just want to thank you all and i think brian maybe already has but for the generosity of the gifts last week um i was not expecting that and um uh yeah it was really lovely thank you very much
0: I haven't said it yet either. So thank you as well. We have an amazing congregation. We do, yeah. You guys are so, it, it was truly unexpected. And so thank you very much for the blessings of that. Um, it means a lot. So, um, uh, announcements. Well, not no, we're going to wait on announcements because there's still people walking in. How do you like the rain?
1: I love it. <laughs> Is Taylor back there? Taylor?
0: Yeah, it's Taylor right there.
1: Taylor, come here.
0: It's cold, nasty rain, though. Yeah, this is like the worst of Oregon. It's not just raining, it's cold raining. And it, wouldn't be beautiful without it wouldn't be beautiful without it, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, honey, I know you love the rain.
1: But see, what's implied in the way that you responded to her was to say, You're wrong. No, say, I know, but she let does. me let me try the tone again. But honey, you like the rain. You do, rain. Right? The... It's like, honey, you like asparagus.
0: I like asparagus. Nope. <laughs> do I not like asparagus? I like asparagus, and I'm learning to tolerate broccoli.
1: Oh yeah. Was Brussels
0: sprouts, maybe if they're deep fried. Beets, oh, though. Do you
1: no. Know two kinds of
0: broccoli? I didn't know there's two there's two kinds of broccoli.
1: Oh, broccoli Rob. yeah.
0: I've never had that.
1: I thought you were going to say there's two kinds of broccoli. Um, the, the stuff that you eat and the stuff that you put in the garbage. Uh, <laughs> I like broccoli. I do. Especially grilled with a little olive oil, salt and pepper. But anyway, why are we talking about this now? I
0: don't know. I'm just delaying until everybody gets inside, which, okay. is, which is what's happening. So, good morning. I'm so glad you're all here. And... Uh, it is definitely fall slash winter in Oregon, and uh, I'm excited for for some of the events that were coming up for the holiday season. And speaking of which, do we have any announcements there, Jackaroo? Know Your Worth. It's a women's event that's occurring on November 12th. Is that next Saturday? I think it's next Saturday.
1: Yeah.
0: Next Saturday. Is it? Here? It's here at the church, right? 7 p.m. It's open to the public. Um, it's it's uh, it's just basically an encouragement night for you ladies. Um, and if you would like, if you if you're here and you would like to help with just some prep and setup and so forth, Jesse could use some help with some of that. Come talk to her after the service; she would really appreciate that. There's a sign-up there. sign sheet out there. Is that and is the sign-up sheet for going as well as helping? Yes, there's two. Of them. Excellent. There's one for helping, one for for going. So, all right. And we do have a number of, of women who are signed up who are not part of our church. So it's a, it's a great way to bless the community. All right, next. That's all of them? Wow. Okay. I guess that's it. Yes, Beth. There's cards back there to write a little note sign. Yes, there's cards. Um, Beth, if you guys don't know, does uh, does cards once a month, right? Um, for. For shut-ins, you don't get to go here very often, and some of those we miss very much. And uh, and this is a little way to say, hey, we're still thinking about you. We still care about you. Um, come say say a few words, even even if you don't know them, they still appreciate um, the fact that people do think about them. Those those cards, we regularly get responses from those cards saying how much they appreciate that. So those are in the back there. All right. So today, we're um, we're moving on, and we have only two, two, two topics left in our series on um, the Bible and how not to read the Bible. And this week is, um, it's is there only really one way of salvation? And all of these up to this point have been, well, you're not reading the Bible correctly. <laughs> you know, it's not a unicorn. It's, you know, the Bible really isn't anti-slavery or anti-women. It's, it's, it's not anti-science and all of these. But this one, yeah, there's one way. But we need to think, I want, I want us to think through this and acknowledge that for most people, though, this is an issue Because there's someone personally in their life that that's what's going on with this. Um, The Bible's pretty clear. But we're going to talk through through some of those issues today. That uh, Jesus really is the only way that we can get there. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the the fact that you have provided us a salvation you didn't need to do that you didn't need to, 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 to reveal your grace your mercy um, but you've decided to do that through Jesus and we are so great, deeply grateful for that and Lord give us compassion give us understanding and, and kindness in our hearts but also give us boldness Give us humility. Humility to, to, to accept what your word very clearly states. Because you are God and we are not. We believe in you, Jesus. We trust in you. To help us to worship.
1: Father, this morning... I'm keying in on that word compassion, as I I tend to do. Um, Also, that our confidence in in your son and how he has saved us, that it be confidence and and not arrogance, that it not be perceived as arrogance, but just merely the, the pure understanding that it is him and only him. Let's worship you, Amen. Let's pray, mm. Father. I pray that our our time of worship is not just in these moments in this building, but um, is is a response to the evidence of your glory in this world. That something doesn't have to be stamped with your name on it to be acknowledged as something beautiful in your creation. Uh, Let us be more creative in our worship than we are currently. Um, We always have room to improve, Father. Um, And then in our humility. we may hear this morning maybe learn this morning that we may be able to set aside things that we hold too precious so that we can be changed Father
0: Lord Jesus we believe that you have risen from the dead that is the foundation of, of, of what why we're here all that we believe because you're not dead so you alone have the authority to say what is true and what is not this morning i'm just i'm just help me to be uh, be your servant to be your messenger jesus i want to say what you have us to what you have said i want to be an accurate messenger of you to communicate what you've said is your testimony and now Lord open our hearts and, and, and minds to hear what it is that you've said in your name we pray for your glory amen every one of these uh, topics that we've gone through in the uh, in this series All of them have been a case where either it bother, it's either this is a concern for you or it's not. Take take for example the slavery issue. For many of us, that's just not a concern, just not a concern. I mean, we either it, it it's not our race or we don't know anyone in it. It just and we some of us have ne- not even thought about it. It's just not an issue. Same thing for the women one or the science one. For me, science was never an issue. But like, you know, as as I was talking to, to our elder Bob earlier this morning, that was a massive issue for him to be concerned about on whether or not to believe in the Bible at all. And this one is certainly no different. Are all the other religions just simply wrong? For some of us, this is not an issue, and for some of you, this is of an extreme issue. And what I want to, and I, I don't know what I don't know what we titled this this service, but this is kind of what I would I, what I'd like to title it is is truth, arrogance, and personal pain and eternity, because what is true, is there truth, and then our own human arrogance to think that we know what it is, is it, Is it is it arrogant to say that there's one way, is it arrogant to say there's multiple ways, and really underneath all of this, for, for those who, who struggle with this, it's almost always, because you have a loved one, mother, father, child, brother, sister, wife, husband, who doesn't believe. Where are they going? There's a personal fear, personal pain, and that's what's driving the issue for you. Where are they going to spend eternity? It's not really about objective facts. There's a personalness to this issue. And that's a, that's that's helpful to, to remember when I'm talking about this this morning. But it's also when you're talking to your friends about these these issues, or maybe for your own self, whatever your position is on this, at least factor in that that's what, that's what's going on here. Is there's a person? This is personal. This is not this is not theoretical. There's a reality here. Let's walk through these issues. This this question: Is there only one way? Is there all the? What about all the other religions? And in one sense, I'm going to be pretty objective. It's pretty straightforward. Here are the here are the basic options. Now you're, the book we're going through it maybe uses slightly different words, but there it's basically the same ones. One is particularism or exclusivism is the word I think in the book, and and that basically is saying that that to have shall we say a really good eternity you need to have parti- it, it needs to be through a particular person Jesus and you and you need to have a particular thing you need to have faith in him. Jesus alone saves by faith alone in him particular. second one is pluralism. there's lots of gods. Or lots of ways up, a mount- up the mountain. There's a there's a mountain illustration in the book, and we'll talk about that. There's a lot that there's one mountain, and there's lots of different ways up there. Or or there's maybe many mountains, but every mountain is a good place to end up. And there's cl- inclusivism, which is kind of halfway in between, where. Yeah, Jesus is alone saves. Yeah, but there's a lot that can be applied to a variety of different people in different ways. What does the Bible say? It's 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 pretty straightforward. To be let's be honest. Does the Bible teach particularism? That is, that his salvation is in Jesus Christ alone for those who have faith in Him alone. does that that's a better slide the answer is yes it's not it's not it's not obscure there are a couple of verses and we'll we'll, we'll bring through that we'll look at some of those as to to the issue to, to where people appeal that maybe Jesus's work is going to be applied a little bit more broadly but as we look carefully at them I don't think that th- they apply. And it certainly would would go across the grain on all the other ones that say, no, it's in Jesus alone, and particularly for those who have faith in him. Here's some verses that communicate that clearly. John 14. Jesus told him, I am told Philip, I am the way to the Father. I am the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father that is God except through me there's only one person through whom people get to the father that's jesus pretty particular way then there's john 3:16 we love john 3:16 i know some people who who like this, this my faith is john 3:16 great well let's read a couple of verses beyond it for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It's great. We're saved by believing in Jesus. For God next verse, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. God doesn't want to condemn the world, but in order the world might be saved. How is the world how are our human beings saved? It's through Jesus. But then he then we continues and says whoever does believes in him is not condemned. Yes, but whoever does not believe in him is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only the only Son of God. It's pretty particular. One more, and then we'll move forward. Acts 4. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven, given among men by which we must be saved. The clear, clear testimony of Jesus and the uh, and the following apostles is that if a human being is going to get saved, it has to be through Jesus. Jesus alone saves. Not Allah, not Buddha, not Anything else? Fill in the blank. And Jesus alone, in Jesus alone, is salvation. It's the only way to have a good afterlife. To put it that way. And that you must have faith in him. Yeah, perhaps... One of the most slam-dunk ones is, is of course, Romans 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You have to believe that Jesus is raised from the dead. We're going to talk a little bit more in a moment about what is it you need to believe. Uh, But it continues here. For it is in believing in your heart... That you are made right or justified, declared you're, you're in a good relationship with God at that point. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. You have to have faith in him. As scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in Jesus will never be disgraced. Ephesians chapter, chapter 2. God saved you by his grace when you believed that belief is required for the saving work of Jesus to be applied to you. It's clear that in Jesus alone is salvation and you must have faith in him. It's the testimony throughout the whole thing. Believe what? Well, Going back to that Romans 10, that God raised him from the dead. To put it, in a, to put it another way, let me, let me go to, to 1 Corinthians 15. I passed on to you, this is Paul talking, saying, I passed on to you what is of most importance, the core of our faith, and it's this, that Christ died for our sins just as the scriptures said. Now here, to just take a moment and pull this out, you have to believe you have sin. You have to have a sense that I, there is a God and I have offended this God. That I have done something that's worthy of death. That he was buried he actually physically died. There was a real human being in a real time and place, Jesus, and he died on the cross, but more than that, he was raised again, that he alone is the one that is declared righteous. And all of this is according to the, to, to, the, to the scriptures. It's not. Or as he said in John 8, this is why I said to you, you will die in your sins for unless you believe that I am the one who I claim to be or you'll die in your sins. Um, sometimes we use the word Christ as a name for Jesus, but technically it is not his name. It is his title. It's his title. It, it, it's the, 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 the Greek name for Messiah. Lord, it means he is. He is. It's the one that connects him to all of these things about that was prophesied about him in the Old Testament. It means that this is not just a Jesus; it is the one prophesied about. And that gets. That gets. And I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that in a minute. With, you can have two different names for people, and it doesn't mean that you're talking about the same people. As I'll say in a moment, did you know that there were two Winston Churchills in the early 1900s? Both of whom were famous. But they're they're two different people. Very different people. Two different Anne Hathaways, two different I mean, there's so many names. Don Don just because you have two names doesn't mean that that they're the same person. Two people who have the they can have the same name and have be very different people. So which Jesus are we talking about? We're talking about the one that the Bible describes. That is the one who died for our sins and I need him. It is in Jesus alone that s- we must have faith in. And if you want to maybe put it into a phrase, I would put it like this way, and God have mercy on me because of Jesus. Mercy on me because I need it because I've sinned. I deserve punishment, so instead I need, I need you to be kind to me. I need you to forgive me, Jesus. I need mercy. And why? Because what Jesus did. Jesus Christ. Because in him alone is there is there forgiveness. Or another way to put it is God gives grace to the humble. As First Peter chapter 5 puts it, God opposes the proud but he gives grace to the humble. The people who say, I need you, Jesus. I need you. I need you because I'm not okay with my creator. I need it. The Bible is clear. And this is the offense. But the Bible is super clear on this. That salvation is in Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone. So people try to have different ways of viewing it. One of it is universalism. And, and they basically, they're going to say, and, and this will be very common, is that basically we're worshiping the same God. That it's going to essentially be the same message. The, or another way, or no, really, we're all going up the same mountain. You know, there's just different paths up the same mountain. And Jesus is a way up the mountain, but he's not the only way up the mountain. but here's the issue it's not the same god and i talked about a moment ago that there was two winston churchills in the 1900s of course one of them was the politician in in england right he's the guy who who led us through the through britain through the world war ii but there was another guy around the same time he was a painter not a politician same name Just because you use the word God, just because you use the word Jesus, doesn't mean you're talking about the same guy. There's a lot. There was a lot of people named Jesus at the time. There's a lot of people who have the same names, but it's not the same person. You start asking, who, who are we talking about here? And they can have a lot of things in common, but that doesn't mean they're the same person. And so when we look at, for example, Allah versus Jesus... There's a lot of, lot of characteristics of Allah that are very similar to the characteristics of the God of the Bible, but not all of them. And there's some really significant ones that are not the same. And so at what point are you gonna say, well, yeah, there's a lot of similarities, but is it are we really talking about the same person? I don't think so when the differences are significant. And, and coming back, you know, the same message? Same mountain? Is there similarity to the messages between what, what a lot of religions say and what Christianity say? On a moral level, to a large degree, yes. You can find something like the, like the golden rule in a lot of different places. But that doesn't mean the message is the same. In fact, if you really dig down to it, All the other faiths say you got to be right with whatever afterlife power out there through doing the tenets of the religion, living a good life, being a good person, certain activities. And the message of Christianity is that is not how you're right with God. It's have mercy on me, a sinner, because of the work of Jesus. We are saved entirely by the efforts, the work of him, not ours. It's an all or nothing deal. Either his works or my works. Not that works aren't a good thing to live a good life. Yes, but we don't trust in that at all. Our trust is entirely in the work of Jesus. And that's the Fundamental difference between us and all the others. We are saved by grace. It's not the same message. It's not the same God. So maybe it's not the same mountain. When we start to look here at it, for example, Allah versus Jesus, you see some really significant differences. Among them, the he, the, the 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 Muslims say God doesn't have relation; is not a relational God. You would never call all a father. You would never say he has a child. You, can't, in fact, he, they explicitly say he cannot have a child. He's not a relational God. And yet, Scripture talks about Jesus as the one who most perfectly—in fact, he perfectly expresses what God is like. As he says in John 1, 18, no one has ever seen God, okay, to this point, uh, Islam and, and, and Christianity would agree. But the unique one that is Jesus, he himself is God, no other faiths say that, is near to the Father's heart and he has revealed God to us. Or as Colossians chapter one verse fifteen, Jesus is the visible image of an invisible God. Or in Hebrews chapter one verse three says, He, the Son, is the radiance of God's glory, the exact expression of His nature, sustaining all things by His powerful word. And after make and and I, I added this because this key in understanding the differences between our faith and all the others, after making purifications for his sin, he, Jesus, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Our God makes sacrifices for us. He purifies our sin. We don't purify our own sins. He purifies us for us. Or to put it in a really simple way, Philip said to Jesus before he left, Lord, show us the Father. And that'll be enough. And Jesus said, Oh, Philip, have you not been with me this entire time? And yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone has seen me has seen the Father. The testimony of Jesus and the early church is, you want to know what God is like? You look at Jesus. And so you look at who, how God, how Jesus interacted with people. That tells you what our God is like. Our God cries. Our God gets angry. Our God comes and is connects with you. Our God is huggable. Jesus was hugged. Grasped. He's deeply, deeply relational. You want to know? Where our God is like, you look at Jesus. And by the way, anytime you want to know the difference between one religion and another, if, how do they agree with us? F- find out what they think about Jesus. That will answer the question. It always gets down to what they think about him. What did he do for you? Who is he? They may use the same name, but that doesn't mean we're talking about the same guy. Just because they say, I believe in Jesus. Well, who is Jesus? And what did he do? Is he just another angel? Or is he actually God in the flesh? These things matter because we're talking, whether or not we're talking about the same God And let's be uh, let me make it clear. This universalism idea that we have in our society, it's basically a version of Hinduism. That's all it is. Maybe not exactly, but it's it's in many respects. The idea that many there are many paths up one mountain that is straight out of Hinduism. And so the idea that you can be a good Muslim and get to heaven, that is essentially Hinduism. That's not biblical. The idea that there's one single mountain is Hinduism, and there's an arrogance to it, because that says that we can step back and we can we can see the mountain. maybe you. Can. Who gave you the, the 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 insight that there's 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 one mountain and you're not going up multiple mountains? has the right to tell you there's multiple ways by the way for those of you who like Marvel this is basically Marvel's viewpoint there's lots of afterlives just be a good just be a good Asgardian and you get to Valhalla I'm looking at you Derek and we all laugh because we all know Derek likes Marvel. But that that is that has how deeply pervasive this concept is in our society. And don't underestimate the, the impact. Because all of you, who doesn't have not, not at least heard about the Marvel movies? Has everybody at least heard about the Marvel movies? Even if you've never seen it. You know, Iron Man and Spider-Man and Avengers and all you've all heard of it. Okay, understand that that is is formative to how our young people will see religion. And it is also an expression of uh, of a long history of breaking the idea of truth from religion. That there can be multiple truths, one for you, one for me. But the the reality is, is we know that's not how it works. Who's the president of the United States? It's Biden. You may think it's a I- illegitimate. You may think he stole it or whatever. Okay, fine. But he's still president. And that's true whether you agree with it or not. It doesn't matter if you like it or not. It doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. He still is. And that's the issue. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Is he actually God in the... In the flesh. That is either a true statement or not true statement for everybody. It's either true or not. As one evangelist put it, as someone was trying to tell him that in 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 the India (laughs) there's multiple truths for everybody. And and he said in response. Even in India, they look both ways before crossing the street because they know it's either the car or them, <laughs> right? It's either there's they're going to get hit by the car of truth of Jesus or they're not. It's one or the other. You may say all day long that there's lots of different truths for everybody, and there is different viewpoints. That's true. But there is a truth outside of us that's true for everybody. You might not know it. You may not agree with it, but it's true. Jesus alone saves. There are not many gods. There are one God. There are not many points of view, many paths up the mountain. There's one path, and that's Jesus. So why are there uh, other gods, by the way? Why, why is all, all of these different viewpoints? Now, the universalist argument is because there is a, a single mountain and there's just different ways of looking at the God and, and so we're all searching for the truth and that's how it is. Now, that, that, that kind of makes sense. But the scripture's argument for that is there's all these different ways because there are spiritual beings who are actively trying to deceive humanity that there are other options. That's why there is a spiritual being behind these other religious viewpoints that want to be worshipped like God, who actively are trying to get people to not trust in Jesus because they don't want that. There are actual spiritual beings involved in that. That's a little bit what's going on in the Garden of Eden. And there's multiple places throughout the scriptures. But there's a reason for it. They're trying to deceive us. They want us to not trust in Jesus. That's the reason. And that makes sense too. So. So maybe it is just Jesus alone saves, right? Right? but for some say but well, that that gets applied to many people it's kind of a as one person put it it's an optimistic view of salvation and i got to be honest i can appreciate this um that, 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 that there's a various ways maybe maybe there's a second chance or or maybe if you're just a really good person but you haven't heard that that they get solved. and there's some of these issues the 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 Bible is pretty pretty quiet on these. But, but here here's some of the places where they will point to in Scripture. Therefore, God elevated him, Jesus, to the place above, of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. they saying, see, ultimately, everybody will confess that Jesus is Lord, will have that faith. But that's not what this necessarily means. As as James will put it in his, even the demons believe that Jesus is Lord and they shudder. Just because someone will acknowledge that Jesus is in fact risen, even though they may acknowledge that he is king, that doesn't mean they trust him. As one person put it, they will do so through broken knees. They will bow. eventually everybody will confess that Jesus is Lord. It's just the manner in which they get there. That doesn't mean they're saved. Or 1 Corinthians 15. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all shall be made alive. Now, this seems to say that Just the parallel, in Adam, that is in all humanity, everyone's going to die, so therefore in Christ, all of humanity will be made alive. But that's not what this is talking about. If we look at the context as a whole, it's saying everyone who is in Jesus will be saved. Which is clearly not everybody. What about a second chance? Oh, that one's really, wouldn't that be a fantastic thing? But unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be the testimony that we have a chance after, bre- after death. For example here, G- this is Jesus, this is in the gospel. Someone asked Jesus, Lord, will only a few be saved? And he said to him, exert every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will try to, to enter and not be able to. Once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door, then you will knock outside and start to knock, you will stand outside and knock and beg him, Lord, let us in, but he will answer, I don't know where you come from. That's a hard verse. Then there's this one. The rich man and Lazarus, Luke 16. Luke 16. It's, uh, it's often described as a parallel, but a parable. But it's really not a parable, because um, there are certain characteristics you need to have of a parable. For example, it's very weird to have names in a parable. Think about the uh, prodigal son. There's no names, for example. In this case, there are. There's a name, which leads most scholars to suggest this is more than that. He's actually telling a real story about a real person who was a rich man and a real man named Lazarus. And it goes like this. There was a rich man who dressed in purple and fine linen and feasted. (laughs) Yeah. Amazingly, amazingly every day. Sometimes I just can't get the words out. At his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, whose body was covered with sores, and he longed to eat from the rich man's table. In addition, the dogs came and licked his sores. Now the poor man died; it was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. That's a, that's a way of describing heaven. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he was in torment. And he looked up and he saw Abraham far off with Lazarus at his side. And so he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in anguish. But Abraham said, child, remember that in your lifetime you received good things. And likewise, Lazarus received bad things, but now he is in comfort here and you are in anguish. And then here's the key part. Besides all of this, there's a great chasm fixed between us so that those who want to cross over from here to to you cannot do so nor can one cross from from there to us now does it say that there's no second chance here not explicitly but if that's the if there is this is this is borderline borderline deceptive there seems to be a clear statement that once once you die the decision has been made which is what things like Hebrews 9 is saying, just as a person is destined to die once and then after that comes judgment. I want to continue that just so it's clear. So, so Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many. It's possible, p- forgiveness is possible, but he will come again and he will deal with our sins and bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. Do you wait for Jesus? Do you long for him? I, I don't know if there is a second chance, but don't bet on it. Don't bet on it, because it doesn't seem like there is. And I know that gets really hard especially when you think about loved ones who've already passed. There's a book in my in my uh, library by uh, two authors. One is Preston Sprinkle, and the other one is <laughs> not Jackie Chan. <laughs> As I said on the podcast, Francis Chan. And the, the title of the book is Erasing Hell. And um, he, he tried to just step back and go, okay, wh- what does the Bible actually teach about it? And is there stuff about it that maybe we've incorporated in our own um, modern day that isn't necessarily biblical? Um, it's a great book, um, and I would encourage you to read it if, the, if you would like more on the topic. But there's one there's one chapter that's worth the weight of the book, um, weight in, 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 in platinum, gold, more better more than gold. And it's um, the title of the, of the, of the chapter is, um, But What If God? And his basically is is saying is saying this: He's God, and you're not. Because we'll say things. I don't know if I could believe in a God that dot 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 dot. And he and, and he continues and he says, "Wouldn't what? Think like you? Act like you? Are you saying you're more compassionate and kind and wise than him? Is that what you're doing?" See, that's the problem. That's why I said part of this is a, it, it, there's an arrogance. And I don't like the idea. I would much rather in my own he, limited wisdom and in, in my own limited perspective, wouldn't we all like everybody just to get saved? I do. That's what I'd prefer. But in the end, it's not what I want that matters. It's not, it's not our opinion that matters. You, like, you may or may not like that Biden is president or that Trump was president. But whether you like it or not, that's not the question. The question is, is Jesus Lord or not? That's the question. Our feelings ha- are irrelevant to the facts as much as we may dislike them. He says things like this. My thoughts to you are not your thoughts. I don't think like you. God continues, my way of doing things are not the way you do it. For as high as heavens are higher than mine, so my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are not Your thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Psalm 115. God in heaven, God is in heaven. He does what he wants, what pleases him. These are the kinds of things that that led Paul in Romans 9 to say this. For he tells Moses, I'll show mercy to whom I shall mercy, I'll have compassion on those whom I have compassion. Him a couple of verses down. But you'll say to me, Why then does he find fault? For who can resist his will? That's a great question, Paul. But rather than skirting the answer, this is what he ends up seeing. This is what he says. But who are you, man, to walk, talk back to God? Will what is formed say to the one who had formed it, Why did you make me like this? Has not the potter the right over the clay to make from one lump of piece of pottery, for honor and another for dishonor, and what if God, desiring to sh- to, sh- to display His wrath and make His power known, endured with much patience objects of wrath already de- prepared for destruction, and if He did this to make known, and what if He did this to make known the riches of His mercy that He prepared beforehand for His glory? Does the potter have the right, the creator have the right to do whatever he wants? Whether we like it or not, he does. I don't have the answers. This is why I said at the beginning. I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. The reality is, is this is what God has clearly stated. Now what about some of these fuzzy cases on the edge of people who've never heard the only thing I can say is this Will not the judge of the whole world do what's right? G- Genesis 18. In the end, yes. Especially when you have people that I- I'm not sure where they were. They seem to have a faith in Jesus. The answer is Will not the good judge of the whole world do what's right? In the end, he will do what's right. And then there will come a day where we we'll stand before him and we will go, I didn't see it then, but I see it now. You were right. Right now, I don't understand. And that's why I named this Truth, Arrogance, and Personal Pain. Because we're really talking about people that we love that we're not sure where they're at. Because if we all knew where everybody in in our lives were, this would be less of an issue. But for most of us, we have somebody that we're not sure. And this gets really, really hard. But there is, sure, there's various Perspectives on what is occurring, but in the end, there, there, there's a truth outside of our perspective, and that's the one that matters. And why do we trust in Jesus? Why do we think He is? Because only Jesus is risen from the dead. So only He has the right to tell us what is true and what is not. It's not arrogance. And it certainly shouldn't be arrogance on our part because this isn't our message. This is his testimony. And we're just relaying the info. He has the right to do whatever he wants. And if this is what he chooses, then this is what he chooses. Glory to God. Even though I don't understand it. The testimony of scripture is that it is in Jesus alone is salvation and you must have faith in him. Yeah. Let it sink in. Because that's what scripture says. Are all the other religions wrong? Not in every way, but in the critical ways about who they say Jesus is. And how do you have a good eternity? Yeah. Yeah. You need Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus. I don't understand. I don't get it. But you are God and we are not. We pray Jesus that you would help us to to believe the truth, to believe you. To not try to, to not take the easy route. but to trust that in one way or another you will prove yourself to be good that you will prove yourself to be wise that you will prove yourself to be righteous and until that day motivate us may this motivate us to really tell people about you Jesus to pray for the people who who are yet to come into your into faith into you May this create a fire in our hearts. In your name I pray. Amen.
1: All right. Um, We learned this song last week. Let me restate that. We heard this song last week. Um, go ahead and take a seat. Um, it is new, um, and I want to acknowledge. I mean, the chorus gets stuck in my head. I will be driving, and I will sing this song. Um, but it took me a few weeks of practicing this before I had a degree of comfort singing the song the whole way through. Um, and that's fine for you if you're like, "What? I'm not sure what's going on." Um, that's kind of the way it works. It's interesting that songs that you love may you may start out just kind of like struggling, and then at some point you internalize it to the point where you don't think about it anymore. And I'm I'm when I think about singing in heaven, I don't know is language a thing? You know, uh, do I know this song? Fred over in Arkansas wrote it. And apparently, it's really popular and now. We're singing it in heaven, but I never heard it. Um, So I appreciate your patience as we learn new songs. And um, embrace what the song is saying and and how that applies to you, or even how it applies to people around you who who kind of need to hear something that speaks in this particular way. This song, in many ways, to me, is a lament. Um, You know, uh, when things are really hard, finding a way to worship him in spite of all those things. Not easy. It takes remarkable faith, courage, um, and support from people around you, too.
0: There's a reason why we have this every week. Because we need to be reminded every single week of our need for Jesus. That this is the center of our faith. It's about Jesus. Why do we believe what we believe? Because Jesus is not dead. How do we know we're right from God because of His death and His resurrection on our on our behalf? It's all about Jesus. And this is why we remember, as He said in in Matthew. Jo- Jack, if you could flip. Now, while they're eating, Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, he broke it and gave to the disciples. Took the bread. And he says, take and eat. This is my body. Given for you. And as I say, almost every week, he went to the cross a few hours later. And as Isaiah 53 said, he was crushed for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. We all have fall, gone gone astray, and the Lord has laid upon us the iniquity of us all. Same thing after supper. He took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to, this, to them, saying, Drink, all of you. For this is the cup of the new covenant. This, this, this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom in eternity. And then he goes off to the then he goes out to the cross. We remember here that we have a God who dies for us. We remember here that for us we are saved by his actions. Now we're Not our own. We are saved by his grace. We have a God who wants to be in relationship with you. So much so that he sacrificed his only son so that you know him. So come to the table and say, Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. I need you. And it doesn't matter how dark of a hole you've been in, doesn't matter how far you've strayed. His arms are open. Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest for your souls. Come to the table. Grab the elements while we sing, um, and then we'll share them together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you have come. Father, thank you for sending him. The Holy Spirit, thank you for opening our eyes to see the grace, the glory of your Son, that it is true, that it is real. Help us to treat it as, pr- as precious as it actually is. Help us to realize it was not by our own capability that we are able to recognize you, Jesus. That we needed you, uh, you to open our eyes. And we ask Jesus that you would open the eyes of our loved ones. The people were in our lives that. They're still holding out. Oh Jesus open their eyes. May they put put their faith in you Jesus. We confess that you are God and we are not. And thank you for saving us. The body and blood of Christ given for you. May the peace of Christ be with you today. May it be with you tomorrow and all the days of your life. He loves you, you are His. Go share that, that he loves them too. We'll see you guys next week.